Hello, welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm super excited. Um, if you've seen the introduction videos, um, you know that uh, this is a new ministry and um, I'm new at this, but this is the actual first video um, as far as a study that um, I've put out. And um, so I'm super excited. I just got off the phone um, with a brother in Christ. We, we spoke for almost an hour or so and um it was it was amazing i i, I wish we would have got that on film um it was really good speaking about things in the word so uh, but anyways this is our first video that we're going to be doing and um before i get started um uh, i'd like to get started with a uh with a word of prayer so join with me Darren Father, lord thank you for this day lord thank you for uh the many blessings you've given us lord thank you for uh sending your son to die for us not only did he die, but he was buried and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for the free gift of salvation. Now, Lord, we just ask that you'd help us in this study, that we would just speak only what you would have us to speak and to show the things from your word and your word alone and not to bring in any sort of philosophy or traditions of men. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Okay, so if you've already seen the, um, which you should have, uh, saw the, the title for the name of this video, today we're going to talk about what day of the week was Jesus crucified and why does it matter biblically? All right, so let's get into this right away. So have your Bibles, um, have your King James Bible ready to go. And before we get started there, um, this is the PTSD study that I've already been working on. And uh, so, yes, that will be coming out here pretty soon. So, um, but just this week, uh, the week that people are thinking about uh, Jesus' crucifixion, his uh, resurrection and everything, um, I just felt led to really do this. And God's been showing me so many things in his word that I just had to come out with this video. Um, and I was like, man, this will be a perfect time. And um, God worked out the timing, and here I am on Friday. So Friday, uh, first of all, I just want everybody to know that this this video is not meant to cause any sort of controversy or um, any sort of like strife or division. Um, what I want us to do, though, and 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 what I felt led to start this ministry to do was to only take what the Bible has to say about everything and to take the traditions of men and question that because the Bible tells us that we're not to follow the traditions of men. So I just want to say first and foremost that if because of what today is of Friday, uh, some people call it Good Friday. They believe that was the crucifixion Friday. Um, if you believe that, okay. We're going to just talk through this and let, let the spirits uh, teach you. But the most important thing is that you do have the spirit of God to teach you. And it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, that gives a clear presentation of what the gospel is. And that's the believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your sins, according to the scripture. So with that in mind, that's the most important thing. Um, but I wanted to address this not because it's like, um, something that is a huge controversy and it's just, but every single year, I, I, around this time, you know, you'll see on uh, Facebook or anywhere else the people will be saying, Hey, it's this day, it's that day, whatever. 
I just want to go to what the scripture has to say. We'll we'll discuss it. We'll go to the scriptures, and then let the uh, let the mind of Christ be in you. If you're a brother or sister in Christ, and let Him teach you. So the traditional view, all right, which is Friday. So it's been uh, it's the traditional view that uh, Good Friday is the day that the Passover lamb or uh, Jesus Christ or however you want to uh, look at it was crucified. Um, the thinking is is because it, uh, the Bible says talks about being before a Sabbath day. And so the Sabbath is Saturday. Of course, we all know this uh, in the Jew in the Jewish faith. Um, so with that being said, it's like, well, it's just natural. He was killed on Friday. He was he was crucified on Friday. That's the traditional view. Uh, there's also views out there that talks about it being on Thursday. Um, arguments could be made about that, but we're going to go through some problems with it being on Thursday. I'll just come out and be upfront and honest that I believe the Bible teaches. The Bible has taught me, God has shown me that the crucifixion was on Wednesday. Um, some people may have an issue with that, but let's just go through what the scripture has to say and let it, let us teach, uh, let it teach and let's see how, um, we come out at the end. So first of all, let's just turn in our Bibles. Let's just start right away getting into scripture, uh, to Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12 and starting in verse 38 says, then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered saying, master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas, or also known as Jonah, was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, so three days and three nights. Now, what, what does that mean? What are three days and three nights? Well, in the Jewish calendar... Uh, if we look at it, we say, well, the nighttime turns over at midnight. That's when one day passes into the other. But in the Jewish uh, customs and everything that they had back then, um, they celebrated or not celebrated, but they recognized sunset as the beginning of the next day. So as soon as the sun set and went over the horizon, set, that was the start of the new day calendar wise. Let's put it that way. So sunset to sunset. Well, you say, Brother uh, Michael, how do we even have any kind of inclination that that could be possibly so? And uh, let's let Jesus speak for uh, as far as how many hours are in a day, let's just say. Uh, turn over to John, John chapter 11, and starting in verse 9. John chapter 11, starting in verse 9. Uh, we see here, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. That's very interesting. He's talking about the light. And of course, that's he's making a word picture, talking about Jesus Christ. He's talking about, I am the light of the world. Um, so you have to walk in Christ. Uh, so... But he does mention there that are there not 12 hours in a day? So the way they traditionally looked at it is sunset to sunset. So sunset to sunrise, approximately 12 hours, and then, or have about 12 hours of, of sunlight, and then it would be the next day if you, if you gather what I'm saying. So 24 hours in a day. Well, with this being said, we, we look at the timeline, the problems of a Friday crucifixion. 
Well, if the Friday crucifixion was the day before what we think of as the Sabbath day, the only day of the week, Saturday, they was, well, it had to be Friday. And the Bible also talks about how he was crucified and the, the scribes and Pharisees said, we have to take him down off the cross. You remember that. Uh, they said, hey, we can't, the Sabbath is upon us. We got to, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but we have to kill those people that are on the cross because it's not lawful that they stay up there. So you, uh, if you know the account, they talks about how they went and they broke the legs of the two thieves that were on the, one was on either side of Jesus Christ. They broke the legs, and that was so they could suffocate. Uh, if you've ever done any kind of study on what crucifixion actually was, it's just a brutal, brutal way to die. Um, but they broke the legs because then they couldn't push up on the uh, the nails that went through their feet to gather that breath as their arms are outstretched. It actually caused a lot of suffocation because it was hard for them to breathe. So they basically suffocated to death. Well, when they went to Jesus Christ, they already recognized that he was dead. And so you know the account there. Um, but that is why, so it's the dawning of the, the, the Sabbath day. If it was on Friday, that means it would have been Friday night as it was starting to get dark when they took Jesus off the cross, if you follow what I'm saying. So that's kind of a problem. Uh, let's just go through a little bit of the timeline here. So the crucifixion, or the preparation of the lamb that was slain. So this was Passover week. We can see that from the scripture. But the preparation started uh, on the morning or the daylight hours of the day before what was called a high Sabbath day that we'll get to here in a second. But we see there um, on Wednesday morning sometime. So let's turn to John, just a few pages over from where we're at right now. John chapter 19 and verse 31. Again, if I'm going too quickly or you're not catching up or you're wanting to write down notes or whatever, and you're watching this video, just pause it and uh, catch up. So, all right. John 19, if you're hearing some crying in the background, I don't know if you can hear it or not, but that's my son upstairs. All right, John 19 and verse uh, 31 here. Yeah. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation, that's talking about the preparation of the Passover lamb, that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away, so we see there it was a high Sabbath or a high day, let's just call it right there, for that Sabbath day, and that's when they broke the legs. So, again, the account we just talked about. If you look over in uh, Luke chapter uh, 23, Luke 23 and verse 54, I think that the Bible is showing us here that when Jesus was betrayed the night before you know, as he went through the trial at night and he was scourged and everything like that. I believe going towards the first part of the morning is when he was actually crucified and what we would consider Wednesday morning. Um, and, and so would they. But uh, Wednesday of that week, which was a preparation of the Passover, but Luke 23 and verse 54. Yeah. Again, we see the day of preparation here and it says, and that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on meaning it wasn't there yet. It was, it was coming. It was, it was approaching. Um, and the, let's see. Yeah. That's when it just talks about there, but you see how the, the Sabbath day was coming, you know, this Sabbath that they're talking about. And then in Mark 15 verse 42, 
just a couple pages over here. Mark 15. Boy, he is really crying up there. That's okay. His mom will get to him. Mark 15 in verse 42 here. It says, and now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. So we can see there what we would consider to be nighttime. That's right before they buried him. But when was Jesus' crucifixion? Like, it, I believe that it was around the third hour, because that's what the Bible says. Um, in Mark 15 and verse 25, which is right across the page there for me. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. So Mark 15 and verse 25 is when you see that. Now, with the Jewish um, way of keeping time, that's approximately 9 a.m. The third hour, meaning from when the sun rised. Uh, that's how, you know, obviously they didn't have, you know, Apple watches back then and, and so forth and so on. So uh, that's the way they said. They said at the third hour. So that would be based upon the time when the sun came up. Okay. So around 9, 9 a.m., that's approximate. So when was the death? So we're seeing the, the timeline starting to come here. The death was, uh, let's go to Matthew 27, Matthew 27 and verse 45. Matthew 27 and verse 45. All right. Okay, so we see that Jesus was uh, crucified at the third hour. Now it says here, now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, Christians, we know the importance of that, um, that verse there um, as Jesus took our sins upon him. Um, if you're not saved, this is the payment. Uh, we're going to see later on for your sins. Uh, it says, some of them that stood there when they heard that said, this man called for Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. Uh, just a little bit of a side note there. It was probably mixed with what was called gall. Uh, it was kind of like a, uh, lack of a better term, like sort of a sedative to try to, I mean, they're going through some severe pain, kind of uh, null that pain a little bit. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Um, wow. But again, here, uh, keep reading down here to verse 53. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from, top, from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints with slept arose. Wow, that's interesting. That's going to be... Just remember that when it talks about that there was a great earthquake and the uh, the graves were open. And yeah, that's going to come into play here a little later on. And came out of the graves after his resurrection uh, and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So we can see here that about the ninth hour. So from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there was darkness. And we know that he died, um, as the Bible says, around the ninth hour. So he was buried at that time. So Matthew 27, we're, we're right there. So in verse 57, a little bit further down. And when even was come, that means that that was, it was getting close to sun setting. And remember, it was a Sabbath day. I believe it was a high Sabbath, meaning that it was actually the Thursday, um, dawning into Thursday. But um, they knew that it was coming. 
when the even was come, there was a rich man named uh, of man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus's disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Uh, again, so we see here that he was buried after the ninth hour. It, when it was getting close to dark, as far as the sun was actually setting. Um, let's look at Luke 23 next. So go back to Luke, Luke 23. I know I'm bouncing around here quite a bit, but Luke 23, Luke 23 in verse uh, 54. Yes, Luke 23 in verse 54. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. So again, it was getting at that nighttime. It was it was about to come upon them, and that's when we kind of see that. And then John nineteen forty two. This is just all showing in the scripture here that it was getting close to that sunset. John nineteen. John nineteen in verse forty two. John nineteen in verse forty two. Okay, yeah. Now in the place, let's start in verse 41. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in that garden, a new sepulcher. Of course, we know that's Joseph or Arimathea. Wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. It was really close. I'm sure it was just a coincidence. Now, I don't believe in coincidences. Um, but... That's where he was buried, and they knew that they had to do it before the nighttime. All right, so we've started kind of developing the timeline. Now, if you want to believe um, in the Thursday crucifixion during the day, and then it was getting close to what we would consider Thursday night going into Friday, um, this next portion here is going to be a little bit difficult to kind of like to match up if you get what I'm saying. Also, Friday, it makes it completely impossible in, in my view. But again, let the scripture speak. And that next part is women, the women there, uh, as we say, like Mary, Mary Magdalene, all them, they bought and they prepared spices. Now, I have a question. When did they buy them? It's an important question because in the Jewish faith, uh, there was no going out and about and purchasing things on the Sabbath. There was no, um, there was a whole bunch of different laws. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament and look at the Mosaic law about the Sabbath day, they were not allowed to do a whole lot. Let's put it that way. Uh, if you're watching this video and you're a practicing uh, Jew, you understand that. Uh, you understand that right before, uh, right after the sunset on the day before, which for us is a little strange to say as, as Westerners, but in their, like I said, in their tradition, and their their way that they look at time, uh, it actually starts at sunset the night before. That's when the Sabbath actually starts, sunset to sunset again. But they can't do a whole lot. So you can't purchase and buy spices on a Friday, if you catch my drift, during the day. First of all, he was being crucified. They didn't leave the foot of the cross. We know that from scriptures to go buy some spices. Um, so if... If they went and bought spices on Saturday, 
which is the Sabbath, they would be breaking a whole bunch of laws, uh, the Mosaic law. They would not do that as practicing Jews. Also, if it was Friday, if we just say there was a um, Thursday crucifixion, if you catch where I'm going with this on the timeline, if it was a Friday or Thursday crucifixion, same thing applies. Then Friday would be a high Sabbath, and then it would roll right into the next day, which would be the weekly Sabbath. Once again, they could not buy and prepare spices. We're about to see that in a minute. So that's why I hold that Wednesday was a crucifixion. Then at night, when there was the high Sabbath, as it said in John 19, then they couldn't do anything for that entire day, what we would say Thursday. But then Friday, they went and bought spices and, and had to go prepare them and took some time to go get all that stuff. It's not like we have Amazon now where uh, we call ahead and, you know, shows up at our doorstep. They actually had to go and travel. Um, I think this is pretty apparent that it doesn't, things don't happen at the pace that they happen now. So I believe that's when they did that on Friday. So let's look at the verses where it talks about women bought and prepared spices. Uh, Mark 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew, Mark 16 in verse 1, we'll see. And when the Sabbath was passed, you see that? So when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. See, they were like, oh, we need, nobody was expecting Jesus Christ to be crucified. Okay. Um, Jesus even said that, you know, if they would have known, uh, it says further on, I can't read it off the top of my head, but it talks about if they would have known, they would not have crucified uh, Jesus, if they would have known what that was all about. Um, uh, hopefully that comes to me. I, if you know those verses out there, uh, put it in the comments later on. Um, but Mark 16, 1, so they're going and buy spices to prepare this body. And then Luke 23 and verse 56, we'll see another one. A lot of scriptures here, but that's the point. Luke Luke chapter 23 and verse 56. Okay. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. You, you get the drift. They had bought the spices and then they had to return and rest on the Sabbath day. You can't do that on a Friday. Friday night. They didn't have any time to do that. Okay. Remember, it was getting dark when they laid Jesus in the tomb. It was already getting near the Sabbath day. So if that was the Sabbath they were talking about being Saturday, they had no time to do this. Same thing if on a Friday or a Thursday crucifixion. So Wednesday, the way it plays out is 72 hours, day, night, day, night, day, night, or night, day, night, day, night, day, rise again. So if you catch my drip, we see where we're going with this. But the women had to buy spices. So by seeing it, Mark 16, 1 and Luke 23, to answer the question, when did they buy the spices? I believe that they bought those spices on what we now say is Good Friday. They were going to do that. And then what we would call Sunday, when they went to go visit the tomb, we'll see that next. He had already risen. Let's look at that. So Matthew 28, Matthew 28 and verse one in the end of the Sabbath. Okay. So that's the end of the Sabbath. That means that uh, Saturday night, after sunset, that's the end of the Sabbath. As it began to dawn towards the first day of the week. Okay, so it was after the Sabbath had ended and sunset, and it was towards the dawning, um, as it says there, it begins the dawn towards the first day of the week. Meaning, 
the sun was starting to rise. It was almost there. Came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Okay, so you can keep reading down. For sake of time, we can just keep reading. But you see there, just before uh, the, the sun was rising on that Sunday, the end of the Sabbath. So it was after the Saturday ended. Okay, uh, let's see. So we see that. Uh, so when was the resurrection? Mark 16. Mark 16, in uh, verse number 2. Mark 16. Maybe I should have marked all these. It would have been a little bit easier to get back and forth, but that's okay. All right. Mark 16 in verse 2. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Are you, if, you're, if you draw this out in a timeline from the scriptures, this is starting to make a little bit more sense, or I, I hope that it does to you. And let, Again, let the Spirit teach. But um, So we see there that when they started coming towards the tomb, though, uh, look in John 20 and verse 1. Jesus had already risen. So as they come and as it was starting to dawn towards the first day of the week, as far as the light was coming up, and they were going to go prepare those spices they've already, that they've already prepared to anoint the body and, and do the things that they did according to their customs, um, Jesus had already risen. Well, let's look here. John 20 and verse 1. John 20. In verse 1, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, so right before sunrise, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Oops. So, he had already risen. So, the way I see it here, um, again, to fulfill the scriptures, and this is the most important thing, as I said from the beginning, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And we're going to turn there just so we can see. It. We can't read it enough, but this is the gospel here. This is the gospel that we are to be proclaiming. 1 Corinthians 15, and one, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory, what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, crucified on a Wednesday, the traditional day of the Passover lamb being prepared. Think about uh, the account of when the children of Israel being led out of Egypt. Remember that? The blood was applied to the doorpost. Well, it was before sunset. They had prepared that lamb. They had killed that lamb and already applied the the blood to the doorpost man what a great picture the passover lamb was slain that day and i believe that's that's wednesday according to the scriptures and that was for your sins and mine thank you god and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures so the question is is uh, what day of the week was jesus crucified and why does it matter biblically I believe it matters biblically for a lot of reasons, and we're going to kind of get into that now, why it, it lines up uh, scripturally, as it says there, according to the scriptures, to show why it's important. Um, folks, there's a, a lot of traditions that we follow, but as I talked to my brother uh, in Christ about before I started this, uh, this video, you know, there's a lot of counterfeitness in the world, a lot of fake. But when you hold it up to the light of the truth, 
which is the, the, the word of God, it starts to expose a lot of different things. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to have the truth. Let's follow the word and not the traditions of men. And that's why it's important. But let's look at some of the things in Scripture to see, well, why does this kind of work or why does it matter timeline wise? Because in the Jewish faith, there's what's called uh, at the 50th day after the preparation of the lamb, after the what we now as Christians recognize as the, the lamb of God that was slain, Jesus Christ. The 50 days from that point is what they call Pentecost. Now, you've heard that word before, let's, but look, let's look at the timeline. So after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as you can read down through there, again, I, I encourage you to, to read these, these scriptures and think about and have the Spirit teach you. But after that, it says that he was seen of his disciples for 40 days. You say, well, Brother Michael, why does that matter? Well, let's let's go to Acts chapter 1, and let's just see that he indeed was uh, seen of his disciples for 40 days. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive, praise God, after his passion, that was his crucifixion, by and um, resurrection, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. You can keep reading down through there uh, some more. But you see, after after 40 days, after he was died, he buried, and he rose again, for 40 days he was with them. So I'm not a mathematician by any means, but that's 43 days total, if you follow. From crucifixion to when he ascended into heaven, as uh, you can see down through there when he ascended. Um so why does this make any kind of importance, and why does that matter with 43 days? Well, seven days later is the day of Pentecost. That's a full week away, seven days. So as Jesus ascended into heaven, you see the disciples there, and I don't have time to go into it, maybe another study for another day, but talking about this week, this week they, uh, that Jesus rose and ascended into heaven. When he ascended into heaven, he said, I will send you a comforter. I won't leave you comfortless. And different uh, things there, if you read about the Holy Spirit that he said he would send into the world. But that was seven days until, as it says here in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and when the, Acts 2 verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, remember that's 50 days from the time of the Passover, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire. Doesn't mean that's what they were. It says like. It's showing like a simil similitude or a uh, similarity. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you can see here, 50 days after the slaying of the prepared lamb, Jesus Christ lived 33 sinless, perfect years because he was God in the flesh. He, did, he went through the same struggles we do. He went through the same pain because he took on flesh. And it says in, I believe it's in Philippians, uh, we talked about having the mind of Christ, that he humbled himself into a form of a servant. God himself died suffered cruel I, we didn't even get into the scourging that happened and, and all the things that go into that 
but incredibly, incredibly painful. He shed his blood. Why? For your sins and mine. And that's when the preparation, that was the slaying of the Passover lamb happened 50 days later is when he sent his comforter. Now, here's something interesting for you to think about. Um, if you look in Leviticus chapter 25, it talks about the year of Jubilee. Now, this is just something that hit me uh, probably about an hour before I called my brother in the Lord and about two hours ago as I was studying and kind of finishing up the notes here. Well, that 50th year was called the year of Jubilee. And in that 50th year, see the similarities, 50 and 50. Um, in that 50th year, all debts were paid. Okay, so if you owed people money and it came upon the year of Jubilee, you no longer owed that money to them. The, that debt was forgiven. That debt went away. Man, I'm about ready to start getting excited here because... <laughs> Because 50 days, the Holy Spirit of God, if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he moves into you. He moves into you. And he is the payment for that sin. That Passover lamb is the forgiveness of those debts. As it says in Romans 6.23, and then the next book over, Romans. Acts, Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin... Remember, he was crucified for your sins, according to the scriptures, rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, the gift, the gift was you don't have to pay your sin debt anymore. Come to the end of yourself. Come to the end of your own self-righteousness because you cannot pay that debt. Jesus Christ paid that debt for you and for me. Praise God. So who was that gift? Turning your Bibles to John chapter 4. And this is the stuff that's just, man, John chapter 4 in verse 10. Because I thought about that, the gift of God. Who is the gift of God? John 4 in chapter 10, or excuse me, chapter 4 of John, verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, this is the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, who is it that was saying it to her? Is the God in the flesh that was sitting there? Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Who is the gift of God? Jesus Christ. Who is the gift that he sent into the world? The Holy Spirit. God in the flesh. The Godhead fully, as it says in, in Colossians, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily was standing there with and speaking to her. Acts 8. Man, this is so good. So good. Acts 8 and verse 20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. This is going to show you that Jesus Christ, when he was talking, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ. Was in the Holy Spirit here. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. If you look at this account here and contextually, this guy was saying basically, Hey, I will pay you for the Holy Spirit. Peter said, No, your money perishes with you. That's the gift of God. 
And then the last verse I want to, uh, or the last two verses I want to show you, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 and verse 8 and 9. These are some fairly well-known verses here. But this is why I said you need to come to the end of yourself, your own self-righteousness. Quit depending upon what you can do to get to heaven. What you can do. I'm a good person. No, there's none righteous. No, not one. He was the righteous. Put on his righteousness. Trust in him for the forgiveness of your sins. As the publican said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Cry out to God today. Accept his free gift of salvation, the gift of God, his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. You see there, it's not of you. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't do anything to get saved. You can't do anything to keep your salvation. Jesus Christ did the work. He paid the price. The last one here, just showing the similarities here, showing who the gift of God was. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 6. Seven, second, or excuse me. Yeah, 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. Which is in thee by putting on in my hands here. With this another subject for another day, but we know here that we need to stir up the gift of God in us. See, it's not just a one-time event. This is a daily walk, and we need to constantly be denying the flesh and trying to stir up the spirit. And the only way to do that is to have the mind of Christ, which is in you, to study the word of God. So that's why it's important. I think that the timeline, if you want to study it out and you still come to a different, let's just say that you study it out and you're like, well, I just not seen it yet. That's okay. That's, that's perfectly okay. Let the Spirit teach you. The important part is, is that you've got the first part, which is that you've come to the end of yourself, your own self-righteousness, and put on His righteousness, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Three days, as He said, according to the Scriptures. Okay, last little fun thing before we stop here. This is the last thing. This is, this is, uh, this is free. Obviously, this whole program is free, but this is just a little free thing for you to kind of be thinking about out there, Christian. Um, in time comparison. Is there an in time comparison? So really quickly, Daniel 9. Um, we're not going to spend any hardly any time on this um, because this is not what this, this study was about. But in time comparison, Daniel 9, which is the famous prophecy, the 70th, 70 week prophecy. Well, Daniel 9 in verse 25, it says, Know thou therefore, Know, excuse me, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troubles times. So 70 weeks there. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come and destroy the city and sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And at the end of the war, desolation be determined. Okay, so there's a lot of different prophecies in here. There's a lot of, uh, this is a long study. However, notice here that for 69 weeks, it does, it does talk about, and then there's going to be a week, a final week there, as it says there, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. It's interesting because a week is seven days. How long was Jesus gone? 
seven days. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, again, this is a huge study for a different day that we will eventually get into, Lord willing, but 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verse number 7 says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Boy, don't we know that's true. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed. So this is prophecy about the uh, time of Jacob's trouble. So it's very interesting that the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ, the Godhead, the fullness of the Godhead, uh, was gone for seven days. And if you read on further after Jesus ascended into heaven, they did a whole bunch of different things. They just, they had nowhere to turn, but they said, hey, let's just look at the scriptures. Just read it. Then they also talk about, hey, we need a 12th uh, disciple. We need a 12th apostle because Judas Iscariot obviously had gone out and hung himself. Well, did they wait on the Holy Spirit to, you know, direct? Jesus chose the 12 disciples. Did they pray? No, they cast lots. That's really weird. That's strange. But you have to understand, he was gone. He that was was taken out of the way, but he he didn't only did that for a time. So again, that's just a fun little comparison. Don't I haven't fully vetted that out. I don't want to make any kind of conclusions, obviously ever, but just something fun for uh, us to kind of think about. So again, does it matter? Biblically, I believe it does. Does um, am I going to break fellowship with somebody that believes he was crucified on a Friday? Am I going to break fellowship with somebody who believes he was crucified on a Thursday? No. What I would encourage you, though, is to not follow after the traditions of men. Um, sorry, but the Bible warns repeatedly that men's philosophy and men's traditions are foolishness. They're, they're, they're nothing. They're fake. It's like counterfeit money. If I were to uh, talk to you about a Secret Service agent usually think about protecting the president or some other protectee. They also look for counterfeit money. That's one of their main things that they do, actually. And those Secret Service agents, they don't study counterfeit money. They study true money, what it really looks like. They study it intently. Study the show thyself approved, by the way. See, we need to look at the truth. So when we see counterfeits, we'll know right away. But it's not because of our own wisdom. It's because we have the mind of Christ. So thank you for joining me for this, this, uh, this short little study. Um, there's so much more, trust me. I mean, uh, nobody wants to, to sit here and just listen to a four-hour long video, but I could go for hours and hours and hours on this. But hey, get in your word. Like I said, get in the word. Like I said, um, study every single day. Have a personal walk with Jesus Christ. Stay rooted and grounded. Abide in him. And so thank you for joining me. So next time, uh, the next video, Lord willing, will be about uh, that that uh, comment from one of the uh, subscribers. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, share this video. Do whatever you need to do. I'm not monetized. That's not why I want uh, uh, subscribers. I want this to be proclaimed, the word of God in alone. Um, not monetized, so I'm not getting anything out of it as far as temporal, but it's the eternal that I care about. So share this video, like, you know, notification bell, the whole nine yards. And um, thank you for joining me. And uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much 
Thank you so much for that Passover lamb. That lamb that was slain. That same lamb that Abraham told Isaac that God himself would provide himself a lamb. And you did. God in the flesh. Wow. And Lord, you did that for my sins and the sins of everybody that's watching this video. You died for the entire world. All have sinned, but you said that for God so loved the world that he gave. Lord, you gave of yourself. You humbled yourself into the form of a servant and to be put on flesh. Died, was buried, and rose again. Lord, help us to understand that it's not about who's right and who's wrong and who wants to win an argument. Lord, help us just to go to your word and let you do the teaching. And Lord, thank you for allowing me to even have an opportunity to do this. Lord, you've worked out all the timing. You've worked out all the equipment. Lord, I just ask that you would just continue to lead, guide, and direct. We ask all these things in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you again soon.